Hey, welcome to Game Changer. I am David Villa here with Diana Villa. Welcome, welcome everybody. And today we're going to talk about God's plan for my future. God's plan for my future. That's a good topic, right? It's very broad. It is. And you might be saying, well, how do you know what God's plan is for my future? And I didn't say we were going to say, talk about what his plan for your future is and tell you and lay, lay it out. Because here, here's the thing with God, you know, serving God uh, as long as I have, he doesn't even do that. You know, he doesn't lay, he doesn't get, he doesn't show you every single path, every single turn. And of course, every single bump, every obstacle, it doesn't show it to you all at once, but he does have a plan for you. And we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> and I think it's going to, I think it's going to really bring some insight and we're going to use Diana, the, uh, the, you know, the verse, I think it's probably one of the, when. yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the, the, the famous, right. Uh, verses that, that, <clears throat> that you would find on social media pretty much any given day. Um, any Bible plan and you version, um, a lot of times, you know, you'll find these over and over through the plan, but, um, but it's a great, it's a great verse. And I want to break, we're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to maybe give you a little bit of insight to it that might put a different perspective on it, but it's Jeremiah 29, 11, And, uh, I read it from the new English translation, but it says, for I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord. So let me just start by saying, you know, the, the reason we can talk about God's plan for my future and for your future is because he has a plan. <clears throat> he has a plan. And this is what, I think this is what's stopping and pausing for a second. This is what's so impressive about that. You know, we live in, um, we, we live here in the U.S. and many of you obviously do. And there's some watching us from other countries or listening. But, you know, you have a, we have a president, you know, and, and we have leaders that don't know you know, my life intricately, you know, they, 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 I'm a citizen, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere on a roll, you know, I, I, you know, I, they have me in a database, but they don't, I'm a number, right. And I can take it down even smaller than that. My bank, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, but you know what, you're still depending on the size of the bank. We have a smaller bank, but you're still a number. You can take it down to even maybe your church and maybe, you feel like you're just a number. But here's what's crazy. The God of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords, said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know what I have planned for you, says Lord. So he has a plan. It's his plan. And then he goes on to say, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. And here's what's really cool about that part as it wraps that verse up. The future, which is the plan he has for you, your future, is filled with hope in him. And, and what, that, what that means, if you look at really faith in Hebrews 11, right, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So as we're walking this life out, this plan of God, it is a faith walk. It is a faith walk, and we're walking it out. And if you look at it, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So the plan is still being laid out in front of you, but God had a plan. He knows what it is. And so rather than trust what you see, trust in the one, the one that you can't see, but that is moving. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to break that verse down <clears throat> a little bit. 
And, um, you know, a couple of translations, just throw some words out there of Jeremiah 29, 11, include the words. And I want to throw these words out because, you know, um, prosper is in the version I read, but there, in other translations, the word bless you is in that translation. The word give you hope, the word success, the word prosper, the word peace, prosperity, you know, plans to bring about the future you hope for, plans to take care of you, plans to give you the future you hope for. And so I think these are, and these are good things, right? And this is, I don't think this is surprising knowing that, the, that God is the source and giver of all good gifts. But those are some words that are plugged into other translations of that, that verse. So, you know, looking at some of those, let's look at like God's plan for us, right? Is one of hope, one of success, one of peace, one of prosperity. Doesn't mean that everything's green. Doesn't mean everything just, you know, it doesn't mean that you won't go through things, you know, because we know that's not true. It just means that his plans are these things for you? I think it's a uh, perspective. So I can think of um, great challenges that I've experienced in life or adversity, letdowns, failures. And, you know, if you are able to get right back to, you know, your relationship with Christ and seeking him first, you know, he has a way of turning those things to better. You know, they aren't always good, right? Sometimes when we experience uh, life, it's not it doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. But when I look back, and sometimes we don't always see it while we're going through it, but when I look back over the course of my life, some of the greatest um, challenging times for me worked out some things. I, you know, I allowed the Lord to begin to work out some things in me, and ultimately they made me a better person. They refined me. Like, you know, the Bible talks about the the, the fire and, and putting it, you know, the gold in there, and so the impurities come up. You know, I think when you keep that perspective that if you allow those challenging... I, times to purify you because you stay in Christ. Um, I think that that's where you're able to understand that even though I've made these decisions, you know, God allows, either wills it or allows it. But a lot of times, some of the things that we face are single-handedly based on our own choices. And um, I was thinking of a toy Adelie, our granddaughter has. She has a, um, it's a wooden puzzle. And on one side, it's the same pieces, and on one side, if you put the pieces in one way, it is a boat. But if you turn it on the other side, the same pieces create a butterfly. And what's so crazy is, like, God's given us pieces. Like, he knows what the greater picture is, but he's given us these pieces of life. And we have to make decisions of where to place those pieces for the bigger picture. And sometimes, if anybody's put a puzzle together, sometimes we kind of shove a puzzle a piece in, but then as you add other pieces, you realize that that doesn't um, convey the whole picture, like something doesn't look right. So how do you recognize that? That's about being in tune with God and allowing the Holy Spirit. When we're shoving pieces in our life or making choices or, or opening doors that are meant to stay shut, that when we, because we stay in Him, we recognize those quickly and we're able to move that. And, you know, maybe in our mind, it started out that this was what the picture looked like. But when we stay with God, we kind of, he kind of helps us. And it, in the final picture, isn't what we originally thought it would be, but it was still good. And it still allowed us, you know, prosper. We always relate that to money, but no, you can prosper in your health. You can prosper in your emotions. You can prosper, prosper, you know, in, in your family and your relationships. So I think we always intertwine, 
you know, prosper from a financial standpoint, but what it is, it's abundance. And he wants to prosper, prosper you abundantly in every area of your life. Mm, that's good. Amen. A big old amen to that. You know, you said puzzles and I got anxiety. I'm not, you know, I think Diana, I, I'm not that we sit around and do that. I mean, you don't put puzzles together either, but you are probably more of a personality or a puzzle puzzle builder personality. I know our GM here at our company, that's his kind of his like MO, you know, me, no, just, (laughs) just have the ability to sit down and be patient and wait, you know, um, me personally, I want to throw puzzles like against the wall. Like, you know, I just don't have the patience to put those little details together. I want the big picture. Right. Um, and you know, and so maybe that's you, no matter what side you, you fall on, can I just say God is love. You know, and I know we say that and I don't want to, I don't want to just bring a cliche, but okay, God is love. You know, I saw that t-shirt once or yeah, okay. You know, that's, yeah, I've I've heard that day bring something new. Well, he, he's love. And here's the thing though. He loves you unconditionally and he knows you inside and out. And that's the amazing thing about this, right? You know, when he says, I have a plan for you, right? And he knows what the puzzle looks like. It's like going to Walmart and you see the puzzle box. You know, as a kid, I would love you know, in the model cars, you know, the little plastic ones used to have the glue together. My parents, my, my parents would never buy me one of those. And I think that they didn't be honest with you. I understand as a parent now as a grandparent, why I don't want to put that sucker together. You know what I mean? And like, they were thinking like, I don't want to put that. I don't want to put that together. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, my dad probably didn't want to, you know, he was envisioning himself like, you know, having to put it together. And uh, so you look at the box and it's like really cool, right? You look at the puzzle box and it's like, oh, that's so cool. Then you open it up and there's 75,000 pieces that you have to figure out where they go and you have to be patient. And the thing about it is God's plan is his plan and it's the big picture. And and here's the thing I want you to know though. He knows you inside and out. He knows your screw ups. He knows where you fall short and he loves you unfalteringly. You know, nothing can separate you from God's love. Not sin can separate you from God, but nothing can separate you from God's love. He longs for you and I, right, to know and receive his love. And he has good plans for our life. And here's the thing I want to, as I want to kind of, I want to kind of go a different direction slightly because I want to, I want to try to, you know, bring some challenges that maybe that we face when it comes to this topic into this scenario. But, you know, he speaks life filled words, a provision, you know, uh, preservation, uh, you know, prosperity. And, uh, and so here's, here's the, I think what I know matters. So, and what I say matters, but what I know matters. So the Bible, which is the word of God, right? Clearly, you know, talks about presents his desires for his children to have a good future. We just read the scripture. And so knowing this should give you and I comfort as Christians, right? Regarding our futures. Then why? Here's the question, because every one of us watching and listening right now, struggle with this. Why do we as Christians, I mean, I'm talking the overwhelming vast amount of Christians experience anxiety when we consider our future. Anxiety may show up in different ways. Okay. You're the way anxiety might show up in your life. You you may, you may, it may affect you differently. So I'm not saying that everybody operates in the same type of anxiety, but when you can, when you're concerning your future, maybe you're a driver, maybe you're uh, someone like me, I'll tell you how I do it. I don't get anxious about it. I start to look at where the pieces aren't coming together fast enough. Puzzle. Somebody else could get worried about it, like, you know, and and could stress over it. So why do we as Christians, okay, overwhelmingly experience anxiety when we consider our future? And I think it's a lack of of knowledge. And so, you know, and let me say this, two, 
too few Christians have a working knowledge. We, we've heard this a while back that, you know, knowledge isn't power, right? Contrary to the popular quote, but applied knowledge is power. So it might be a lack of knowledge, but here's the thing. It's more so it's, it's a too, too few of us have a working knowledge or an applied knowledge of God's word, right? Evidenced by, you know, data, ever, you know, looking at like Barna and looking at places that pull data for believers. And this is the data, you know, it says that less than 20% of Christians read the Bible every day. So, I mean, if you think about it, you're a believer in less than 20% of Christians, you know, read the word of God on a daily basis. And so, you know, I think that in this vacuum, because you're, whether you read the word of God every day, seven days a week, you're talking to somebody, you're hearing from somebody, you're on social media, you're watching the news, you're talking to a coworker, you know, so in that vacuum where we're not applying the word of God in our life, the words of family members, the words of friends, the words of media, Right. Uh, you know, and and we hear those in our ears towards our future, speaking into our future, discussing our future. What do you think about that? Um, well, I think it really goes back to filtering what our thoughts are by the Word of God, and that to, the only way you can filter them by the Word of God is to to be in the Word of God. Um, I think you know we're all guilty at certain seasons of our life where we allow life to get busy, and we're not getting in the Word as we should um, regularly, and so we're taking other people's words. You know, maybe we're hearing um, you know podcasts, or you know. Um, you're, you know, going to church or maybe you're part of small groups and you're just taking the words of what people say, their interpretation, and that you're applying that, but you're not filtering it back to the word of God. Now, and what does this really mean, Lord? What is the context of this? Um, because the truth of the matter is we can have the best intentions of the word, be mighty men and women of God, but we're still human and we still have a way of watering down the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of, there's a difference. I'm thinking of a baby bird um, you know, there's a difference between eating a probably, I don't eat worms, but <laughs> <laughs> if I did, I'm imagining there's a little bit difference of eating a worm that's moving and wiggling versus one that a baby mama's chewed up and is feeding you. And so, you know, you want to make sure you're getting a fresh word from the Lord. I think you take those things and, and God puts people in your life to be able to speak those things to what? To begin to plant a seed, but it's your job to go where it to water it, which is the word of God daily, regularly. You know, sometimes we're going through things that we have to be constantly reminding ourselves minute by minute, hour to hour. I wish I could tell you that, um, you know, every time I um, am going through things in life that I, my first response is the word of God. It isn't always. Sometimes my first response is um, the person in the mirror that I'm looking back at them, you know, and, and we're, you know, I guess, justifying to ourselves, but, you know, our natural, you know, it shouldn't be our last resort. The word of God shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first response. And I think training yourself to that and knowing that, you know, no matter what we face, God does have a plan. I mean, you're so important and so special. He knows every hair on your head. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. How could he not have a plan when he is so detailed about you that he knows how many hairs do I have on my head? You love me, right? But you can't tell me that. He loves you enough that he's taken the time to know how many hairs are on your head. Mm. How can he not have a great purpose or something that he's had so much detail on? The harder part would be how many natural color hairs <laughs> are on your head? No? That's not so I'm not going to comment. So let's just change the topic. <laughs> That's not good. 
Um, it's not smart. We're, next week we're going to be talking about marriage. No. Um, <clears throat> you know, let me. You know, it's interesting you said that too because why do we go to the Word of God? It goes back, and I <clears throat> did not know. I don't think you knew that we were going to be we were going to talk about puzzles so much. But going back to that same kind of picture for a second, um, you know. Why, why do we not go to the Word of God first? Why do we go to other sources first? And I think it comes down to because the Word of God, here's the thing. The word, we are conditioned to think that going God's way means time. Going God's way means patience. Going God's way means His way. And, and I want it, and maybe I want it now. Maybe I don't want to go the long way. And, and, and the thing about it is that is, that's a fallacy because it's, it, that is the, what causes the long way, <clears throat> because it's the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, because of how they continued to go their way and not God's way, they went around the same, you know, mountain for 45 years, you know, and then again, a whole generation wasn't able to walk into their promise or purpose because time ran out, you know, because of what they, what they did. And so, you know, understanding um, that God's way is the best way and going to the word of God. But, you know, can I give you some secrets too? Um, you know, uh, moving into the, the last segment of the show, you know, the Bible in Proverbs eighteen twenty one because it has to go beyond even reading the word of God and it has to, you got to start encouraging yourself in the Lord. You got to speak the word of God and you got to bring it in David front of you. They that a lot, David. In the, I mean, that's what Psalms was all about. He was, mm-hmm. you know, encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. He, but he, at the same time, he had a pity party with himself too. <laughs> but yep. he also turned it around and, and encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, you, it, because you have to, and you know, it's not enough to just read it. But like, if you read something in the morning and it speaks to your heart and it speaks to your life, and you know, then. Uh, you know, have you, have you put, you know, take that, put it into your notes in your phone, put that into, you know, uh, put, put that in front of you, take it with you, print it out, do whatever you've got to do, email it to yourself, you know, send it so that you can pull it back up through the day. Because a lot of times that type of manna that we get in the morning that might speak to us in the season that we're in, you know, then take it with you so that you can remind yourself. And, and not only that, speak it. One of the ways to get victory in this area too, even before you maybe completely have watched it manifest and work in your life in the season, maybe you would be right in the middle of something. But one of the ways to really bring breakthrough in that is maybe even speak that word of encouragement to someone else. And you're not speaking from a place of perfection. You might be speaking from the place of I'm in the middle of it, but you're declaring that. And you're, so you're not, so you're doing, because here's the thing, David encouraged himself, but can I, how many, how many people listening or watching have been encouraged by Psalms? You know, how many, how, David also encouraged me. He's also encouraged millions upon millions of people that have read that. So he wasn't just encouraging himself, but in the middle of speaking out loud, of encouraging himself, he was in, he was encouraging others as well, and so the Bible talks about that in 18, uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and you know if you use an agricultural like metaphor, this verse means words are seeds, words are like seeds, so they're sown into the the soil of who hears them, right? They're sown into the the the, the hearts, of, and, and and they and they yield harvest. And so, you know, death-producing seeds are words that, you know, that will erode whoever hears them, their self-esteem, right? And then on the flip side, life-producing seeds are words that affirm, you know, the self-esteem of someone who hears them. So you could, you could speak life or death, and seeds produce after their own kind. 
You know, if you plant a uh, 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 an apple seed, it produces an apple tree. You know, you you plant the seed, you get that plant. They produce after their own kind. So good seeds produce what? Good blooms, fruit, and bad seed produce what? Weeds. And so you know. And they both grow. Yes, they do. And weeds grow faster. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's honestly, like, sometimes it can look, we, we have, a, um, we have a, a large yard, and there's parts of our yard that are really green, and, um, and, but when you get close, it's not really grass. It's like a certain type of a weed, but it looks. So sometimes we can look like we're doing all the right things, and it would appear that we are, are prospering, but really, you know, we've allowed weeds into our life. I think one thing we always talk about seeds is that plant, the planting is important. We've got to plant them, but we have to also be uh, conscious of what we're watering them with. Mm. Um, you know, I do not have a green thumb. I have a black thumb. I, I, I kill every plant that I've ever brought into the house. I have like four right now that are like hanging She's on speaking for speaking truth <laughs> right now <laughs> that are hanging on for dear life. Um, Feed me. <laughs> But, um, but I try real good. I try, I, I really try, but you know, what it is, what is, what are you watering it with? Are you allowing people? Because it's not always you doing the watering. It's the, the people and influences in your life that are also watering. So who are you allowing to water, you know, those seeds that God's planted in you, that you've planted, that people have sown in you? Who are you allowing? What are you allowing? What are you doing to water it? What are you watering it with? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's really, really important. Um, again, it comes back to going back to the Word of God, but we live in a real world and we're surrounded. So I think, you know, when you know God's, you know, given you something or spoken and you've planted something, be careful who you let um, yeah. water it. Yeah, and you know, um, <clears throat> this this is going to kind of, I think this is going to hit home a little bit to all of us. How about the self-talk? You know, um, you, you know, we, you know, if you believe what you hear, right, then, you know, people who hear repeat to themselves what they've heard. Let me say that again. If you believe what you hear, then when you hear it, people who hear it, they repeat to themselves what they heard. So this, this, you know, ongoing internal conversation is self-talk. And can I just say this? The person who talks to you more than anybody else throughout the day is you. You, you we constantly engage in talking to ourselves unconsciously throughout the day. Every one of us, right? We're speaking to ourselves. So can I just say this, you know, where the enemy really, I think, gets us is, is you know, we don't consider the power of the words that we're speaking to ourselves. And that's really what it comes down to. Taking that word of God that spoke to you, you know, making sure that you're meditating on that, making sure that the word of God is something that as a believer, you're putting into your spirit every single day and then repeat that to yourself throughout the day. Because, you know, um, you know, the Bible clearly says that we don't walk by, right? We walk, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And, you know, if you, if you look at that, we, we quote that scripture, we believe that scripture, we shout at that scripture, we amen that scripture, but we do, we like that scripture, you know, go back to the puzzle again. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, the picture that I saw when I went on this journey was the cover, well, then, then God opened the box, and there are the pieces again. And so I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by faith, not by sight. And so I think that what we have to do is constantly remind ourselves of what God said in the, in the verse that we opened up the podcast with, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, my plans for you, you know, they're yes. good. 
my plans for you. Remember the words that I said other translations included. You know, my plans for you are those of success, those of, you know, prosperity, you know, those that give you hope, those of peace, peace. you know. I mean, that's, those are the things we need to put on repeat and replay. Well, there's some of this, it's repetition builds recognition. The more you say it, the more you believe it. And hey, that comes from a, a, the opposite side too. We can begin to believe, you know, negative things about us. But so it's mm-hmm. about speaking and repeating the things that line up with the word of God. But um, I mentioned we have a call center and I was in one of the meetings and we were just discussing um, the plan of action for this week. And we have some new people and some people have been here longer. And one of the things that I was talking about is scripting is so important because if you say it, it becomes second nature. If you're repeating it to yourself over and over that God has a plan for you, that even when the plan doesn't go the way you think it should, you will remind yourself your automatic response to that's going to be, no, his plan is good for me. Yes. It's good. Even though it doesn't feel good, it's his plan is good for me. And so I think that repeating that, have you ever been around a group of people that, um, you know, a lot of people say that my girls sound like me and it's not because, you know, I pulled them off to the corner and said, I need you to say this and this, they just heard, you know, the way we, we talked, you know, all of their life. And so they, speak like us. So it's the same thing. The more you say it, even your influence around other people, but in the call center, they were, um, we have to, we want to leave in voicemails. They have to leave a telephone number and it's an 800 number. And I said, you don't even give it a second thought. You've said it so many times, like it just naturally comes. If you're repeating to yourself what God says about you over and over you're going to, it's going to be your first, it's going to be your thoughts. It becomes your thoughts. What you sow into your thoughts will become, you know, I, I, I've also made jokes of when I'm, um, I used to run more. Um, I don't run as much now. I, I, my routine at the gym is different, but if you could only hear what I would say to myself when I wanted to stop running, um, I was terrible to myself and I would say the craziest things like, you know, you lazy, whatever, keep going. You can do it. You know, we, we, we have trained ourselves to to speak negative things over ourselves instead of giving it the reverse. But I think if you can train yourself to constantly be, you know, speaking what the word of God says to you, you begin to believe it. Yeah. Your words have power. Your thoughts have power, right? The word has power. And you know what? The Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is uh, not just for shirt. It's not just for your social media posts. But let me tell you something. It is the word of God. And it clearly states that God has a plan. So the king of the universe has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. And if you will trust him and walk with him, then I believe this, it'll unfold. And that puzzle that you've wanted that you've wanted to set aside, throw away, you've just tucked it in under the coffee table, whatever. If you pull it back out and look at it again, look at the box again. You look at the picture, you know, get that vision on the inside of you again. Let it stir up. I believe this, that God will walk you through and he will bring it to pass. And, and there'll be no pieces left over. Amen. Amen. Um, and wrapping this up, I would just say this. If it's your first time watching or listening, we live stream our episodes on YouTube every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern and upload it to YouTube and Apple and Spotify podcast every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Also, if this was helpful to you, we would massively appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast wherever you consume it. It'll help give us more exposure. And hey, we see you all over the place on social media. So if you're ever posting, make sure you tag us. 
If you want to get more connected to us, download our Game Changer app. We have tons of content, including devotionals, leadership lessons, and interviews, and more to help you grow in your relationship with God. Uh, Once again, a big thank you for being a part of our community. We'll see you next time on Game Changer Podcast. God bless.